Hi, I'm Jake, your podcast producer here at New Hope, and I'd like to invite you to join us with her a new show. It's called What Do I Say? and it's hosted by Pastor Ryan. It seeks to answer just that question. What do I say when I'm dealing with these issues? Whether that's homosexuality, the problem of good and evil, or does God exist? We invite you to listen along to today's episode. It's a good one. Hello, and welcome to the podcast show called What Do I Say? My name is Ryan, and I am the lead pastor at New Hope Church in Adel, Iowa. And wherever you may be at today listening, thank you for carving out time to, uh, to be together. If this is your first time, uh, the goal of this podcast is to apply the timeless truth of Scripture to the, the timely topics that we, we face today. Each episode, we take on a, a topic or a question and aim to get into Scripture and to uh, unpack it thoughtfully uh, in order to equip you, the listener. Uh, today, my, my hope is to offer some, some perspective and, and encouragement, uh, specifically around what we're doing here at New, New Hope Church right now. We, we are in, on Sunday mornings, a sermon series going through the book, The Song of Solomon, or maybe it's the Song of Songs in, uh, titled in your Bible, but either way, uh, you can catch these messages if if this uh, topic interests you or Book of the Bible at our website, newhopechurchadel.org, and simply click on Media and then Sermons. Uh, this series, though, is bringing up challenging topics, especially around sexual sin and having uh, I've been having a lot of conversations uh, where it's just noting places of struggle and hurt in marriages uh, sexual addictions or pornography or more. It's also been a series that has been strongly focused on marriage, which is a good thing, but of course, not everyone is married. In fact, studies show that 45% of adults in America are single. Now, this includes those maybe you've never married or are widowed, divorced, and find themselves single again. And those of you who are listening, that might fit your situation. Uh, unfortunately, and really unfairly, singles sometimes can be treated like second-class citizens. Sometimes uh, they can be viewed as unimportant or even teased. Uh, you know, sort of the sentiment of, well, what's wrong with you that no one wants you? Singles can feel sometimes left out or pressured to, to get married and provide grandkids. And of course, the worst, the absolute worst, is to be set up on dates with horrible people. You know the idea, well, at your age, you can't be picky. Well, the reality is there are some myths that we as a culture, and frankly, even we as the church, believe about being single. And thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say on this topic, and we need to get his perspective. On the life stage of being single, really, we need his truth. And so the goal of this podcast is to take on the topic of myths about being single. Specifically, I want to bust three myths that maybe you've heard, maybe you felt, maybe you even believe. Now, if you're if you're not driving and you're at a place where you can open your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So you can go ahead and turn there now. Of course, if you're you're not in a place to do that, then you can you can just listen and I'll read the the different scriptures that we'll be looking at today. As we get started, though, uh, uh, this is when we're recording this podcast. This is the time of the year when school is about to start back up. And for my family, my wife and I, we have uh, four four kids and two will be in college this upcoming school year, uh, one in high school, and a we have a fifth grader as well. Now, maybe you're listening and you have younger kids. In fact, maybe some of you have a first grader. I read this article once and it was humorous because it it 
talked about proverbs from first graders. And what it did was it took a common proverb that we probably all heard, and it only gave them half the proverb. And it let the first grader then finish the proverb. Well, what they came up with was hilarious. Let me give you an example. Uh, the proverb this, this says this, better to be safe than, well, how'd the first grader respond? They said, better to be safe than punch a fifth grader. Or how about don't bite the hand? And they said, that looks dirty. Uh, another one, a penny saved, they said, is not worth much. Well, how about this one? And, and, and this really ties into our topic. A miss is as good as a, and they said, a missus. So those kids are actually right. A miss is as good as a missus. And that's exactly what the Bible says. Anyone who is single is as good, important, and cherished as anyone who is married. Now, hopefully you're at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and maybe you're still turning there. But either way, let me give you some background. This book, 1 Corinthians, was written by Paul. Paul's uh, an apostle and was a missionary and church planter. And he's writing to the church in the city of Corinth. That's in Greece. And the way the book lays out, the second half of the book, chapter 7 through 14, in those chapters, Paul is answering questions that the church had asked to him in a previous letter. Now, the first question Paul takes on, which is in chapter 7, where I asked you to be, is this question. Is it better to marry or stay single? Now, let's see how Paul responds as we address current myths about marital status. That said, here's myth number one. It's this idea that marriage is the only God-ordained lifestyle. Now, sometimes we say, or maybe we think, things like, well, everyone should be married. But that's the myth. It's, it's not true at all. Here's the truth. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Paul says this, Now for the matter you wrote about, it is good for a man or a woman not to marry. So Paul's saying this, Are you single? Well, that's actually a good thing. Being single is very acceptable, and it's very honorable. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a wedding ring on your finger, well, that's not a bad thing, because the Bible also says, for example, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it is not good that a man should be alone. See, Paul is not anti-marriage. <clears throat> in fact, in other writings, he honors marriage as important. It's just that here at 1 Corinthians 7, he's building up being single. Now jump down to verse 8. Paul says this, Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. Again, being single, it's not bad at all. Paul even gets personal here. Did you notice? He shares that he himself was single. Now we don't know if he never married or if he was a widow, but the point is he lived a very full and satisfying life as a single man. Now, there's a lot of other examples in the Bible of people who are single, and the absolute top of the list is Jesus. I mean, despite what the book and movie, maybe you saw it, the Da Vinci Code claimed, Jesus never married. And if getting married is a command of God, then Jesus would have lived out that command. Or how about this example, uh, Anna from the New Testament? Maybe you remember her, maybe not, but, but her husband died after only seven years of marriage. But when we meet her in the Bible, 
She is 84 years old, and I love this, still serving in the temple every day. Now we meet her when Mary and Joseph brought baby Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. You know, I remember in college, and maybe those of you who are listening and, and have this similar experience at college, it, there was there was this sort of low-grade question that was like wafting around campus constantly. It was kind of this, who will I marry? And when and will I meet that right person in my next class or pass by them in the library? And <clears throat> I remember having this conversation with a friend, and he said something that has stuck with me for decades. He said, you know, everyone's asking who God has for them to marry, when really what they need to ask first is, does God want them to marry? That that question's not nearly as fun, admittedly, but he's right. See, God does call some people to singleness. It's not a punishment, but it highlights that marriage is not the only God-ordained lifestyle. For example, if you know someone who is single— like, we, we should stop being Cupid and play matchmaker. We should quit forcing people on them because you or I might think something is wrong or missing. We shouldn't treat them as incomplete or, or half of a person. I mean, that's not appropriate. Now, Paul continues and he says, he says, look, if you're single, he says it's actually good to remain single. But now he gives an exception to this. Verse 9, the very next verse, let's keep going. Paul says, but if they cannot control themselves, meaning sexual temptation, then they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So to review all of this, the Bible lays out two basic options when it comes to this topic. The first option, self-controlled singleness. But if you can't do that, The second option is legitimate, which is monogamous marriage. Did you catch that? So two options, self-controlled singleness or monogamous marriage. Now, maybe hearing that, you're thinking only two options. Like, no, that can't be. There's got to be a lot more options. I mean, if you look around at our culture and friends and, and neighbors and the people that we know, there's all kinds of different scenarios playing out. For example, living together. Uh, living on your own, but having long-term friends with benefits, jumping from bed to bed, uh, maybe married with uh, a honey on the side. You get my point. We have all kinds of different scenarios, but that's not God's design. That's not what he has for us. See, God, the creator of the universe, the one who made you, who, who says, it says that there are only two options that are from him and good for you. Self-controlled singleness or monogamous marriage. Any other arrangement, that's not from God. And it's going to mess you up. It's going to cause hurt and damage. Um, It's going to damage your relationship with God. It's going to damage your relationship with others. And, And frankly, for some of us, our sex lives are destroying our spiritual lives. Those two are very much connected. And you're you maybe you're living with shame and guilt for what you're into. And maybe you're living in a place where you hope you will never be discovered. That's a terrible place to live. In fact, I remember it's been a few years now, but the website, Ashley Madison, maybe you remember this, it was hacked and the IDs of 32 million users was published. 
Now, maybe you're unclear or not sure, unfamiliar with Ashley Madison. It's probably a good thing. But but it is a website that is specifically designed to help married people facilitate an affair. That's why it exists. That's why people sign on to use it. Remarkable. 32 million people were users of the site using their service. Now, when the users' names were published, the secret sin of millions was on the front page news. And of course, the result was, I mean... In, in, broken homes, destroyed marriages. Uh, there were even reports of suicides. Let me offer a better better alternative. Simply live with integrity. In other words, live in a way that you would be at peace if your life details were front page news. Live like you have nothing to hide. I tell you what, that's a place of peace. See, God loves you. And out of his love, he gives two beautiful options, self-controlled singleness or monogamous marriage. He calls people to both of those. See, the Lord doesn't limit your options to be a joy killer, but out of his love, he, he does it to protect you and to protect me. So here's the thing. If you're single and having sex, or, or you're married and having sex with someone other than your spouse, the Bible calls that sin. And it's time to stop. It's time to change, to repent, which simply means to turn around, to go the, the other direction, to, to say no to your selfishness, and to say yes to obedience to God. So that's myth number one, that marriage is the only God-ordained lifestyle. Let's go on to uh, myth number two. Here's that. The myth number two is the grass is greener on the other side of the marriage. This reminds me of the guy who said, I never knew what happiness was until I got married, and then it was too late. That's terrible, actually. See, what can happen, though, is the single people assume that life is always better married, and then the married people can assume that life would be better if they were single again. But here's the truth. You can find lush green grass and you can find dried up crunch brown grass on either side of the fence. The reality is the grass is always greener where you water. So don't be in a hurry to swap sides. We should strive to be content where God has placed us. And this is exactly what Paul says. I'm going to read now. I'm still in 1 Corinthians 7, but verse 17. He says, each one of you should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God called him. In other words, we should live for the Lord where we are. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Now jump to verse 24. He says, brothers, each man as responsible to God should remain in the situation God called him to. In other words, contentment. Look, I know you or I may not like the situation God has us uh, placed in at the moment, but we can still be patient to see what God has for us in that place. Uh, maybe how he wants to use us. Maybe how he wants to prepare us. God never wastes moments. And that contentment is an important piece. Now, jump with me to verse 26. Paul says, I think I think that it is good for you to remain as you are. Are you married? Do not seek a divorce. In other words, if you're married, listen to this podcast, stay married. 
and water the grass on your side of the fence. Invest into your marriage. Paul continues, says, are you unmarried? Well, do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. So the point is this, it's, it's good to be single. And it's good to meet someone special, fall in love and get married. Both are good. The point is to live for God today in the situation he has allowed you to be in. Single, married, widowed, divorced, whatever your situation, live wholeheartedly for God. So that's our second myth, that the grass is greener on the other side of marriage. Now, let's go on to myth number three. Here it is. My life plus someone else equals happiness. Let me say it again. My life plus someone else means or equals happiness. Sometimes we have the the mindset of, if I can just find the right person, then I'm going to be happy. Or I need someone else to complete me. And we, I don't know, maybe we get that from watching too many shows or the Hallmark Channel or, or something. But but regardless, that's that's not actually accurate or true. See, see, what's true is this, is that your life plus someone else doesn't always mean happiness. I, I mean, it's not a guarantee. You can find Mr. Right. You can find Miss Perfect. You could have the storybook wedding and still not be happy. Reality is marriage, it adds concerns to your life. Now, Paul, again, takes this on and speaks to this. I'm going to read now verses 32 to 35, still in 1 Corinthians 7. Paul says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. See, Paul is not saying any of this to to force people either to get married or or to stay single. What he's doing is he's he's just telling us telling it like it is. He's saying, look, marriage does not prevent great devotion to God and being single does not guarantee it, but it is easier for a single person to have more focus on the things of the Lord. The married person, in contrast, has more to consider, especially because he or she cannot be faithful to God if they are unfaithful to their marriage or family. So in other words, my point is this, a deep, abiding, and satisfying joy ultimately doesn't come from your marital status. Rather, it comes from having a deep, abiding, and satisfying relationship with God. See, it comes from doing what the Lord has asked of you. It comes from living out his plan for your life. We don't want to fall into the mindset or the trap to think that if only I have that special someone in my life, then I'll be complete. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll experience contentment. 
when none of that ultimately is found in that other person, it's we're built to find that ultimately and fully and completely and daily in our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. So uh, three myths, ones that maybe, again, you've connected with, you've felt, maybe even believed at one time in your life. I, I want to close with some action steps. Um and really sort of tailoring to where maybe you might be in life. And so I want to speak to those of you who are listening to this podcast and you would identify as somebody who would be the self-controlled single. Uh, if that's you, th- this is how I'd like to encourage you today. I'd like to encourage you to take advantage of this season of your life, to, to love God, to serve him, and to enjoy some of the flexibility that you do have to do great things for him. And look, I acknowledge that some of you listening, you're not single by choice. And what I mean is, is the person that you love so much, uh, you had to say goodbye to far too soon and you find yourself a widow or, or maybe you're listening and, and the marriage that you, you treasured and cherished, um, did not have a good ending. And you find yourself in a place where you're divorced. And I fully acknowledge that that to be in a position of the self-controlled single is not where you want to be. But even if that's true for you, it still holds that the place where you find yourself can still be a time of wonderful growth in your relationship with God, of leaning into him, of allowing him to teach you and to love you and to shape you and to be more like his son, Jesus. And, and to, let me add one last thought that if, if getting married someday is what is on your heart, that's a wonderful thing. And so I'd encourage you during this time to ask God to prepare you, to prepare you for the day when you meet that person that he may have for you. Ask God to prepare that other person And then surrender it all to him, trusting God's goodness and his plan for your life in this area. Now, maybe you're listening and you would say that you are the monogamous married, that that's the place in life that you are. Uh, If if that's where you're at, then here's how I want to encourage you in this podcast as we begin to close, that you would also take advantage of the season that you're in of your life to also love God and to serve him and to do so with the partner that he has provided. In other words, serve together, pray together, enjoy each other, um, spend time in the word together, and watch God use your life uh, as a team. And maybe for you that looks like parenthood, to team together in that ministry of loving and um, investing into your children. But if, if that doesn't apply, or even if it does, it could also look like other things, like serving together in another ministry or nonprofit or or something else that you both have uh, that's on your heart together. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, too, uh, about this is that if you're a monogamous married person, you have a, a tremendous opportunity to invest into, love on, and even invite those that you know that are single into your life and into your family, to to invite them to dinner, to invite them to uh, spend time together on a Friday night movie night, or to do things that are, are fun and engaging 
there are times when those who are single may not have the same access to family or types of settings like that where they can enjoy company with other people or see a healthy marriage in action. There's just a lot of opportunities there to love on people uh, as a couple, including those that you know that are single. And then finally, I want us to speak to all people. It doesn't matter what station of life you're in. And that is for all of us to challenge all of us to be content where God has placed you, to trust God in that. I love 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Paul again, he says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Then he adds verse 7, For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. See, the bottom line, whether you're single, you're married, or single again, God loves you. He has great plans for you. He wants to use your life. He wants to lead your life. He wants to uh, uh, use the different seasons where you may find yourself single, married, both are beautiful and honoring uh, to him that he can use. So so it, it's it's not about one station being better than another. That That's not true at all. Uh, but wherever you find yourself to there, be all in and loving and following and serving the Lord. Hey, what I'd like to do is is just close with a word of prayer. And thank you for for listening, uh, wherever you may be and joining this podcast. I just have prayed and, and trust that it's an encouragement uh, to you. Well, let's pray together as we close. Father, thank you that you do love and lead us uh, in our lives, no matter where we find ourselves. Uh, in this case, whether we are single, whether we are widowed or divorced, uh, married, uh, wherever we find ourselves, Lord, that that you uh, love us and call us and draw us to yourself. I, I pray for uh, those that are married, that you would bless those marriage relationships. I pray for those that are single, that you would uh, use that person in powerful uh, ways, that um, if marriage for the future is what's on their heart, that you would uh, shepherd them um, under your your sovereignty uh, toward that or whatever it is you have for them. But in all things, no matter what, I pray for contentment for us, that we, whatever station of life we're in, would uh, seek you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the What Do I Say podcast. <laughs>